exercise or sex releases endorphins and endorphins make you happy. Happy people don't kill their husbands. So like (laughs) all of this comes full circle when we think about it. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Vagina Hurts, a podcast putting a new spin on the phrase my head hurts. Because let's be honest, sometimes what life throws at you when you are a professional mother, partner, and friend doesn't just make your head hurt. Are we professional podcast producers? No. But do we have a reputation for oversharing in public? Yes, we do. So join us, your host, Devin McNally, Courtney Larvadane, and myself, Kelly Cummins, as each week we release a new episode on topics like what babies did to our sex life, how women's organizations are mostly cults, and how bad sex can lead to death. You know, all the topics your grandmother told you never to bring up at the dinner table. Wait to put that up. I'm yeah, so my mom is going to be mortified. <laughs> Welcome back to My Vagina Hurts podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Courtney. And I'm Devin. I don't know if either of you prepped at all. Probably not, which is what I want. <laughs> responses. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I briefed myself on the questions and right. got really uncomfortable. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to wing it and, and warn my husband before we uh, post this right. episode. Exactly. In, in the spirit of what we're all about here, ladies, you know, we say shit that nobody else wants to say. So. Yes, we do. Even the hard stuff. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. So, you know, sex in general is a big conversation. There's so many different topics we're planning to dive into, but for this particular one, we're going to talk about how it relates to, you know, preconception of your first Courtney, uh, speaking to you and then, um, of your during and then post and all the things that come with that. Um, the, Caveat for me is, um, you know, while I definitely have those experiences in this moment of my life, I am choosing to not have sex with anyone except myself, um, mostly because I'm trying to figure some of my own emotional shit out, as I alluded to. So um, let's start off with talking about what sex was like before you had your first baby. So describe what that was like you can remember it wasn't as long ago before it was so great that like I don't even like to think about it (laughs) (laughs) it was like we had so much energy we were not like I was unencumbered by all the things um right I wasn't worried about you know what's the schedule for tomorrow Mm -hmm. is somebody gonna wake up in two seconds like it was just so, um, you know, free, yeah, <laughs> and normal. Oh man, don't blush. The good old days. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Oh, the good old days when I didn't really have a care in the world, and I did all kinds of crazy things and loved every moment of it. And all, right, all so went what away. Was it like, describe it with like three adjectives. Okay. Um, hot, spontaneous, inconsistent. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So I was going to say spontaneous also, um, exciting and I don't, 
I have to think of an adjective that describes like, um, oh, I guess unencumbered, <laughs> mm, okay. but it's like, that's all speaking from what I know now. Right. Sure. Yeah. What about you, Kelly? Yeah. I would say spontaneous, explorative. Is that the right adjective? Okay. And, um, I think sweet, just sweet. Oh, cute. Yeah. Yeah, that's my you know young twenty year old self would call it. <laughs> <laughs> How often were you having sex before child or children? So, not super often, but that's because we lived in two separate cities until we got married. Mm. So, you know, if I could come up for a four day weekend, probably two three times over that weekend but um we didn't live together or anything so um I think that's also probably what made it like so much more exciting because it wasn't like getting used to waking up next to somebody so it was like a fun getaway it was like a staycation every time (laughs) um I would say that we were were together for so long in our early early days it was all the time like Un, just ridiculous all the time and then we would go through like dips or lulls and patches where we just wouldn't be having that much sex and it caused fights like there were back and forth and it was mostly like I would have a higher libido than he would and then vice versa it's just timing was always off so it went up and down but it was definitely more often than post baby yeah yeah when we'll get there. immediate post baby for sure when jason and i first started dating i said we had a better we had a really great horizontal relationship but we need to <laughs> figure out our vertical relationship yeah. <laughs> before we could take the next step so yeah i mean i i had my own place i was 19 and had my own place so like we've Talked all the time. It was the basis of our relationship at the time. And then I realized, like, oh, he's cool. Maybe I can make something with him. But yeah, sex was always like a hard thing for us, but it was much different. Um, it was uh much more fun, and I should say in the pre-child, yeah. of course. Yeah, I mean, I've always been the one in the relationship who's like, I'm tired. I'm <laughs> like, it's it's always me. Um and I will say that the percentage of being tired has gone up drastically. Yeah. So if it was like, you know, if if out of every 10 times I was tired, one of them before baby, now I'm tired nine out of the 10 <laughs> times. So, okay. So here's the big question that always relates to sex, not just from a physical, like, did you have orgasms? But back then, think pre-baby. Were you satisfied? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was not, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. I, well, and I think that it, I don't know if it has to do with like your comfort level with your own body or like what it is, but I've always had a really easy time having orgasms. And so, okay, show off. <laughs> <laughs> you can go into it at least knowing like 
well, you know, it's going to work out for me in the end. <laughs> you sound like such a dude. Which I think like, is what guys probably think. That's why you're good with like one out of 10 times. You know, the one is for sure going to net out fine for you. Right, you're like, right. That's I true. So I don't once. need to have sex all the time. Yeah, I think pre-baby, young John and Devin, that hot and spontaneous element made that sex life great because that mattered for me. That made it easier. And I didn't have as much in my head that I cared about, you know, the older I get, the more I learn about how much the brain impacts all of the pleasure centers in terms of just basic levels of joy. So, and I think for me also pre-baby, because I spent a lot of my twenties being like wined and dined, which I really enjoy. It, it's like it, I am much more excited to have sex and like, to like, be like, woo, pull out all the stops. If I have been wined and dined and like, it's not just like, oh, I'm tipsy. It's more of just like, I had this nice experience. So I'm feeling like, woo. But when it's like, and I know we're going to get to after, but when it's like you're laying in bed (laughs) about like watching Netflix or about to go to sleep or something after a long, horrible day, it's not (laughs) quite the same as like coming in with a little champagne buzz and like you had a nice fun dinner with good conversation. Those are very like two totally different mood setters and they say you know for women like foreplay is like takes hours and that's part of what I think that is is like going on the dates going out like all of that is like getting you in the mood all right so obviously we all know how babies are made so you had sex had a baby or got pregnant and then what the fuck did you do with your sex life during while you were pregnant I had no sex while I was pregnant on the day you conceived yes well no (laughs) no because when I conceived I didn't even know I was pregnant okay Okay. so like because I wasn't she was a surprise you're pregnant so I was like six weeks when I found out I was pregnant okay so between conception and those six weeks we had sex right because I didn't know but like once you found out you were pregnant once the first trimester symptoms hit, I was a useless blob. I slept <laughs> for my first trimester. I ate and I slept. That's all I did. I did nothing else. I was useless when it came to anything <laughs> outside of that. And then after that, no. And I don't think I got like my energy back to even consider it until late second trimester where I was into it mm-hmm. and John was not at all and so then I just kept eating (laughs) I was not because of the like physical differences or like he was afraid of so I wouldn't say I guess he never outwardly said like oh you look like you're carrying a baby I'm not into it um I think he probably had way more cautious or like fear-based, you know, like, I don't want to poke the baby's head. (laughs) That's sort of the energy he gave off for a while. (laughs) And by the third trimester, I felt like a a different human. I was 
huge pregnant in the summer swollen. Like I wasn't as into it either. Like by that, there was like a small window that he could have capitalized on. And once he didn't, I was like, okay, it's just not happening. And I'm busy growing a human and you know, this is hard enough. So I'm not going to make a thing out of it. So, you know, I think I took it personally for probably six weeks where I like cried a lot because I cried about a lot of things, (laughs) but that included, um, I just was like, oh, well, this is it. (laughs) This is how it ends. ends. (laughs) Everyone warns me about it. It's over. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say that we, um, we had a pretty normal sex life all throughout pregnancy. My first pregnancy, um, was really great. Like to the point that I was like, oh, this is easy. I'll keep doing it. (laughs) Um, and so you know, without, I didn't have many, um, first trimester issues, no morning sickness. So like I was able to kind of keep up, um, that. And I think what makes it a little different, um, for us was that I was five months pregnant when we got married. So our oops baby happened like in the middle of our engagement. I, I do remember distinctly being on honeymoon, I think I crossed either the five or six month mark on our honeymoon and just being so just like, I just didn't have like that energy hadn't kicked in yet. It wasn't the same amount of exhaustion as first trimester, but it was like, I think I was just like starting to carry a little more weight and I was feeling tired. And so it was like on honeymoon, he wanted to have sex so often. And I was like, I just want to lay here. I'm so tired. I just don't want to move. I'm thinking now I'm, it's coming back to me now, just like having him over me and being like, do not like, I would have to actively remind him, like, do not put your weight on my stomach. Like, stop that. Cause like, he'd forget and just want to like lay on me. And I'm like, stop, you're smashing the baby. Um, really late into pregnancy. And I guess this means I was having a lot of sex through pregnancy. Cause I even remember late into pregnancy and just like, your stomach is so heavy and like, could like only lay on my side. And I was like, this is so difficult. Um, but I did it anyway. That doesn't sound enjoyable to me anyway. Like it's I can't really imagine. Like, you remember that feeling of like when your stomach is so heavy at the end and like, it just hurts your body. Yeah. And you have to like throw yourself one way to like throw yourself the other way. <laughs> yes. Right. Like just give yourself some momentum to turn. Yeah. And so we didn't talk about this and, you know, you never know who's listening on the podcast, but um, you cannot poke the baby with a penis <laughs> in your vagina, even when you, you are nine months pregnant and the baby's really big, um, you're not going to poke the baby. And I also remember um, my OB explaining it in the sense of your baby is in the little sack. What's the sack of water called? And she was like, it's like, imagine if you put something in a balloon, like if you try to poke it, it's just going to like slosh around. Like you're not going to be able to like poke into the balloon. You got into that much detail with your OB about sex? This is giving Russell a lot of credit that his penis is long enough to even get that far. Oh, (laughs) you're surfing. And you just balloon the baby around. (laughs) 
Sorry for all the loud crunching. Everyone. My OB gave me the instructions to stop eating and to like walk around. What? <laughs> what the yeah. fuck is that? Well, yeah. I mean, my, my, yes, my first pregnancy, the OB was like, I'll never tell a pregnant woman to go on a diet, but, and then just was like silent. <laughs> wow. Did so, you have sex when you were pregnant, Kelly? Uh, a couple times. It wasn't a lot. In the first trimester, I remember feeling so uncomfortable with my body. Yeah. So, like, like everything, every event that we had to go to, I had to like get a new outfit for. So I felt like so out of touch with the changes that I was experiencing mm-hmm. in my body. And, um, no one around me was pregnant. I was the, I was 26. So I was yeah. the only friend of the person in my friend group that was pregnant. So I didn't really have anybody to like say like, this is normal that you're experiencing this. So, um, I just felt super uncomfortable and I'm that translated to not feeling sexy and not wanting mm-hmm. to fuck at all. So I think by the second trimester, I was feeling like looking like I was feeling, feeling like I was looking pregnant. Does that make sense? So yes. I think like- It helps you, you feel like at least other people notice yeah. Like, yeah. what's really yeah. happening like, here. When you look pregnant, you're like, okay, like, I'm not just I'm, that, I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, that was, that was great to lean into that a little bit more. And at that point, like in my pregnancy, I didn't feel sick at all. So I, it was not really like, uh, like I didn't physically feel well to like not have sex because I was like going to throw up on, you know, in a <laughs> time, but it was more like at that, by the second trimester, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling emotionally connected to this situation, to Jason, to the baby. Um, but then by the third trimester, I just felt like a fucking house and was like, get away from me. <laughs> I don't think we had sex at all the third trimester. I think at that point I compartmentalized and sort of went into a like out of body experience. I was hyper-focused on the output that needed to happen yeah. to get this over with. Like, I was prepping to work like Yes. Figure out how to manage like my clients and the work that was in front of me. And like, okay, I worked 15 hour days up until the day. Uh-huh. I had no space like, for John. I was on the hospital bed. So like, yeah, yeah, exactly. There was no space for anything other than like managing my own shit. So would you say in your marriages and for you, Kelly, like while your marriage was still what you would consider intact was the longest you guys ever went without having sex during pregnancies or were there other times nine months yeah for me there were other times that wasn't the only time but it was nine months would have been the longest yeah and you really didn't well no it would have been nine months it would have been longer than that because i didn't have sex right after that baby came out well, yeah, but you also had sex for the first of the month. So what? You're pregnant 10 months. So yeah, nine. It would have been clo- almost 11. a year. It was probably almost a year. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't imagine. 
I can't imagine. I don't have that kind of husband, so that's very nice. I mean, I wish I did, but it's probably good that I don't because I would never have sex. <laughs> so I think it's like you you do, you are given the partner that you need to have because yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I had sex. I'm pretty sure I had sex then not with Blair because I that's fresh in my mind, but I think I had sex with Russell the night before each of my kids was born except for Blair because I went into labor like that night and just stayed at home so I definitely wasn't having sex but um but yeah I remember the the night before Trip was born because we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and after I ate all my wings because it was the night before his due date and I also was a planner but I was not being induced and so I was like we're gonna get this baby out so we went and had some hot wings and then we went home and had sex because I was like, those were the only two things that I knew that might help the baby come. And then sure oh enough, he came the so next day. <laughs> oh, and I saw on Instagram, speaking of right after having baby, that uh, the vast majority of men don't know how long you have to wait after having sex or after having a baby to have sex. Oh my God. Yeah. What are they saying? Like two days? Yeah. No, the guy was like, I don't know, like a week. Oh my God. <laughs> after baby um before we dig into our own personal experiences and go through some questions because this really is where like the transition happens right like we have our sexual lives before uh, we have children and then it's what does it look like after and so much changes so you know a simple google search will tell you that you can have sex after you give birth two to six weeks no, you go to the oh, Jesus no. Christ. No way. Who's yeah. writing that Wikipedia right. article? Yeah, I don't know. Some man doctor. Crowdsourced right. so, information. Doctor. So you go to the OB and they tell you six weeks, right? Yeah, they do. Six weeks average. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I had a C-section six weeks postpartum, not really feeling like I was up to doing much, right? Absolutely not. Uh, yeah, well, I'll give you guys the horror story of what happens with you try. Before we get there. Yeah. I'll just say that, you know, I did a little bit of research to like kind of give us some, you know, outside perspective. The study that I was reading said the estimated time to resume sexual relations after childbirth varies between six and eight weeks. But in the study that was, you know, surveying women, only 32% of them actually started having sex during that time right? And most women, there's this, most women tend to return to sexual relations between the third and sixth month postpartum. But some people suggested that most women experience at least one sexual problem is how they articulated it during that time. So that leads us to Courtney, you can start out like, what was your story with like your first sexual experience with Russell after baby? Yeah. So um when was it did russell have a countdown clock like oh of course no like he literally like he obviously knew what day my my like six month checkup or six week checkup was at the doctor and so it was like he came home from work that day and was like you had your doctor's appointment like it was some sort of like clean bill of health like (laughs) oh my god the pressure it was a lot of pressure so i was like okay fine and so we go to have sex that night like literally like it was the night of my six-week appointment and so I felt bad 
because it was like we had only been married four months so to me it was more like I felt bad like geez I just married this guy and now I don't have sex with him anymore and so it was like part of me was like psychologically feeling guilty like a bad wife and thinking like I need to have sex with my husband because we just got married I want to make sure that you know he's happy in our relationship like all that stuff that you feel when you first get married that I don't think meshes well with also having a baby um and honestly I don't think that's something that is just because you were first married I think women feel like that in general yeah the obligation and there was a stat that I read that said nearly a third of millennial moms, which is us, say that they had sex with their partners before they felt ready. Oh yeah, definitely. For sure. Because I would be ready never. Like it would have taken me like a year (laughs) to be ready probably. Um, So as far as like the nitty gritty goes, um, it was so painful that like, he like tried to put the tip in and I like, just like, like yelped in agony it was like just like daggers in my vagina and so I was like nope mm -mm, not gonna happen so he was totally understanding I think we waited probably a couple more weeks and then tried again with like a lot of lube (laughs) and you know it after that first baby it hurt to have sex for months like once I started back up and I also had tearing with my son and I didn't with the other with my girls yeah there's probably so much going well there is so much going through your head in general just in that moment between the guilt you feel the baby in the next bed and or room right and like everything that goes along with it it's just a lot so I you know I John was not counting down minutes he was very much like you let me know like I'm not he didn't really even push like right away thank god because I was nowhere near ready it was like postpartum kicked my ass I mean kicked my ass I had no idea what that was going to be like nobody talks about that and that was something that's I was like I still am traumatized Uh, by those like eight weeks postpartum that nobody talked about. So I really didn't know what was going on down there. I was like, well, I don't, is this normal? Is this forever? Am I going to be in depends for the rest of my life? (laughs) Like what is going on here? Um, and I didn't tear. So that was also confusing to me because like I was in so much pain and the doctor was like, the, at your six week appointment or whatever, she was like, yeah, you're, you're fine. Like, it's fine. Like no, no words of caution, no (laughs) words of advice. It was just like, it's fine. I just didn't tell John. Like, I just was like, oh no, I'm not ready. It's not ready. (laughs) ready Um, and it took, I think it was five months postpartum where he was finally asking more frequently And I started to realize that I wasn't ready, but not for like vagina reasons. I wasn't ready because I had no desire anymore. I was, I felt like somebody I didn't recognize. I was tired. My 
boobs were so big and full of milk. And I was like, if I go upside down inverted, you are going to get milk all over your face and that's going to ruin it for me. I'll never unsee it. Understandable. Like I was sort of terrified, like in the scene, you know, the movie, the neighbors where he has to like suck a milk duck, like clogged milk duck out of her breast that terrified me. Like the thought of that. And the thing is, John would totally do that for me. He would, if I was in that pain, he would go, I will help you get out of this. No questions asked. And I would carry that as like a mortifying situation. (laughs) So, but I felt guilty. Like you, Courtney, I felt like, okay, you know, he's my husband. I need to eventually have sex. Like you can't avoid it forever. You know, you just got to do it. And I don't really remember it like hurting in excruciating pain. I don't, it didn't feel good. It didn't lead to anything for me because my head was just in the fact that I am, I am going to do this because I need to do it as a wife right now. Right. And it, my thoughts were fingers crossed. It goes back to normal. Like my head goes back to where it used to be. After after you have a C-section, they give you a lot of great drugs. And I was on cloud nine. <laughs> I thought it was the, like, I thought Jason was the best thing in the world at that point because <laughs> he had given me this baby. Like, I remember being like doped up on oxys and being like crying, thanking him. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, what? And looking back, I'm like, fuck what's wrong with me drugs they are a thing um so when after the six weeks you know appointment and I relate to that Deb and what you said when you know they kind of just say like yep you're good to go like that doesn't really mean much um you I, I remember we I think it was probably within the next few weeks after that that we had sex for the first time and, um, I remember it being uncomfortable because it had been a while since it had happened. And while the sage didn't come out of my vagina, the whole area down there is changed. Right. Mm-hmm. So like there's swelling that wasn't there before. And then, you know, my stitches were still in, it's still there. They hadn't fully come out yet. So like just the, the physical pressure of anything. Yeah. It's definitely uncomfortable. It's different. So, um, so yeah, the first time after it was, it was, I would say probably my memory is not very clear, but within the, I would say the eight to 12 week range post baby. And, um, it was nothing memorable. It was <laughs> like a deed to be done. And, um, yeah, I did definitely did not get off in any way. It was not about a, like any pleasure for me. It was more about, you know, let's, let's do this as like a working up to working up to making it better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's just that women are talking about this in, in different pockets or even in, in some cases, I feel like some women will buffer this conversation because they don't want anybody to think 
their sex life is bad or anything like that. And I, I feel like if I had had conversations like this before, some of that pressure or that guilt that we talked about might've been lessened. I don't think it would go away. Cause I think there's this natural guilt that happens post baby anyway, with your hormones that you just don't realize yeah. and you don't know how to prep for that. But in general, like anytime I was talking to women that had kids, they either deflected the conversation or joked about it in a way that wasn't honest so that I, you know, just didn't know what to expect or what to, if I was feeling, you know, if what I was feeling was okay or what I was doing was not okay. And I know some women that rush it because of pressure, both externally and internally, and then end up with other health related Mm -hmm. issues. And it still falls back on the woman, like, oh, your body's not ready or you, you didn't recover. Or like, it's a very weird external conversation when you bring in, especially if you bring in men, um, you know, that are just like, what that, what a wife does is they have sex and that's the thing. And I don't know. So much that shifts after you have a baby that, um, you know, it it becomes way more complex than just the act of getting off. Right. You know, like we can talk about, and we will about like what felt good pre-baby versus post-baby. But what about even just the desire to do it in the first place? Like how quickly or not quickly did your actual like want or like desire for your partner, like when did that come back into play? I would say six months. My sexual hormones are are pretty close. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming everyone's are closely related to like my cycle. So that week I ovulate is when I am by far the most like horny. And once my period came back, that returned right away. So like every month there was always like those couple days where I was like back in it. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if that's the same for me. I mean, I'm sure from a hormone standpoint, there's something similar, but it took... I mean, I would say over a year for me to understand that my hormones were imbalanced and weren't coming back to where they were in a way that was dramatically affecting my like sexual energy and desire overall, as well as just my, my baseline happy, like my, where I really was. I didn't even really recognize that it was hormones driving that until well past a year when I was like, well, I gave my body a year to like, nor quote unquote, normalize. And when it wasn't, I was like, oh, maybe I could have started this conversation nine months ago and, and, you know, figured something out. And I started to really understand that it takes a true partnership to be able to have that conversation so that I didn't carry the internal weight of guilt that wasn't actually even being put on me, but I was just carrying and it was making everything worse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm lucky that I have a partner that was patient as I was working 
through some of that because we had never had that dynamic at all. Like I always had a strong libido. So like the dynamic of me not having that has never been a part of our relationship. So that's not, that's a change for him all of a sudden too, for me to just be like, nope, I don't want to do it. And he's just like, what, what? Like that never happens. So it was a whole learning curve. Yeah. And I think there's, there's lots of other factors that contribute to that particularly. And that's like time and intimacy and the fact that we as women have a bazillion other burdens that we carry that sex becomes lower on the priority scale. Yes. Did you guys like it's just like another chore. Like everything is a chore. (laughs) Every single thing I do is a chore. Even the fun stuff I want to do, I still have to like schedule it in. It's like, ah, I have to rush this. Yeah. Let's definitely cover scheduled sex, but I do have a question. (laughs) Like when you guys had new fresh babies, right? Fresh fresh babies and you saw your husband's holding that baby was there a sexual arousal on your part of like oh he is because I know a lot of women will talk or even in tv and in movies they talk about this moment of seeing the dad hold the baby and like this is why I love him and this is all of those things did that ever come through your guys's head no no whenever I saw (laughs) Russell holding my brand new baby I was filled with the panic of like (laughs) you are going to drop the baby give me the baby like I you know I had that that was where my like postpartum came out was just like not trusting that he could possibly like not mess this up you know yeah I didn't have the like sexual it was more of and maybe this is like was a precursor to how our really Jason my relationship has turned out to be but it was more like I am just like it was I'm I'm so grateful that he gave me this child I remember having those feelings and looking back I'm like what the fuck was I thinking like I was just so it was like a a gratitude and a thankfulness and like emotional outpouring of love, but definitely not a sexual arousal. Wow. It was like, wow. My, it was like friendship vibes, even way back then. Like, do we think that that's like a TV thing? You know how like so many things are TV things and we didn't know till we had kids. Like, I wonder if that whole, like, that's sort like, of why oh, I asked young man like yeah, that must be yeah. a TV made for TV because like I would to... see John hold Lucy like on his chest or sleep with her and I will say I had I had no sexual arousal from that site but I had a very strong internal validation that I procreated correctly that mm. like I chose the right partner to do that with going oh, he will keep her safe. Like mm-hmm. that was a good choice. Yeah, I didn't have that. Didn't like have that. that is the validation I mm-hmm. had in those moments. Now, when she was having a fit or crying, <laughs> I had the give her back to me. <laughs> Everybody's going to kill her. Give her to right. me because I can do this better than all of you. Yes. Whether that was true or not, yeah. I don't know. But that until the third baby and I'm just like kicking him like if you don't get up and get that (laughs) screaming baby (laughs) 
Uh, I think TVs and movies played a huge role in everybody assuming there was this emotional romantic thing that happened post baby there's nothing romantic. No, no. Yeah. No. That's definitely like, like, like I can picture it now, like the movie where like the woman has the baby and it swoops over to show the man and she's like lovingly looking at him. Yeah. yeah. No. I thought I was going to kill John in the hospital. I <laughs> yeah. looked at him going, you did this to me. Yeah. You are making me go through this pain. I want to murder you. If I could yeah. move my body, yes. I would. I wanted to yeah. smother Russell too. And because we were in, um, we were in a double hospital room, but there wasn't another person in there. And so he goes, oh, great, a bed and promptly <laughs> goes to sleep for the whole night. And at one point, like early in the morning, like this, the sun's just coming up. He's laying in that bed, like with the, with the blanket wrapped around him, like he's the Virgin Mary and is just like snuggled into Oh my the God, he's gonna like, like throw something like at his he doesn't have a care in the world. Oh my God. Oh, and no. I was oh. so mad. No, I, I mean, Jason was like, not even a, he was there of course, but it was, I was not even comprehending his presence. Like I was so drugged up and in the moment of dealing with my own shit that like I was not like worried about what he was thinking right and I remember at the time I was pregnant at the same time a friend of mine was pregnant and I remember years afterwards and she was talking about how she remembers looking back at pictures and her memory of her husband didn't look excited enough for her to be like and I was like like what that wasn't even a thought in my mind like what his perception was like it was very much an afterthought for me yeah no I was only worried about me and how horrible it was that I now had to take care of this baby (laughs) yes yeah like oh my god I'm dying here right I'm like no one come to help where is my mother (laughs) yeah I wanted my mom in the room and my mom told me no she didn't want to be in there. Why? She didn't want to see me in that kind of pain and she didn't want to see it. And it was for me and my husband. And I didn't want John in there because I was like, I don't want you to see what's happening down there because one, I haven't seen it in about five months. So I don't know what it looks like. And two, I can't imagine that it's pretty when a baby comes shooting out of it and you're never going to want to have sex with me again. I didn't know what my future state was at that time. When I said those things that it wasn't actually him, it was definitely going to be me. That was not into the sex, but I didn't know that at the time. And he was just like, well, I'm going to be there. And he lovingly lied directly to my face the whole time saying, I can't see anything that's happening down there. I never saw it. And he held that lie for like five months. And then eventually he was like, no, I saw everything. And I was like, that was nice of you to lie to me for so long. That that was very thoughtful of him. Well, that's a good transition actually, because now we can talk more like, okay, since then, and you know, Courtney, you have had two additional babies since um, your first. So there's obviously you guys had attraction that led to sex, which led to more babies. And um, you can tell us all the story of when uh, the last time we had a virtual conversation. And Oh my gosh, yeah, two years ago, our Christmas virtual Christmas party. Let's preface this by saying like, what form of birth control are you guys using right now um, to prevent babies? 
Oh yeah. So, well, my husband has a vasectomy. The end. All right. Okay. Well, I'm not having sex and at all right in this moment. And, um, okay. So well, abstinence is a form of contraception. This is actually even crazy that it happened because, um, Harper was born May of 2020. So 45 days into the global shutdown. And after she was born that like winter, so that like, you know, fall into winter, um, my postpartum depression was just horrible because it was like COVID depression, which everyone had topped with postpartum depression. So it was like, I was just in such a low, low spot and was definitely not even thinking about having sex because I was literally in survival mode of like, my depression was so bad. I know why I had sex because my postpartum depression was so bad. I went to the OB and I got on an antidepressant and immediately started feeling better. (laughs) And we had sex six months after Harper was born. Yeah. Six months after Harper was born and it was right before Christmas. So we were having, the three of us were having a virtual um, Christmas party Mm -hmm. because it was COVID (laughs) and you guys were making fun of my sexy pajamas and I, I'm sure I flippantly said something like, oh yeah, like I might be pregnant. Like there, cause you were like, that's why you keep getting pregnant because of your sexy pajamas. <laughs> and I said like, yeah, I might be pregnant right now. And you guys were like, what? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, I took a plan B yesterday, so we'll see. And you guys were like, well, when did you have sex? And I was like, three days ago. <laughs> We had to explain to you that that's not how plan B and works. So right. I had yeah. to have plan B explained to me. And I was like, oh, so it's not going to work. And you guys were like, no, it's not going to work. And I was like, no, I'm sure I'm not pregnant. And Devin was having a nervous breakdown I was. on my behalf. Yeah. And then we had dinner like six weeks later. Maybe and then we had even. dinner six weeks later. And um, I had already told Devin because I went to the doctor like like it was like January like 4th like my appointment was right after the new year and it was my first appointment since my six-week checkup like like it was like the next appointment since my six-week checkup and I get there and it's a small pet practice just one nurse one doctor and so the nurse is checking me in and she's like when was your last period and I was like about that and she looks at me and she goes, Courtney, you are not pregnant again. And I was like, yeah. so I get to see the doctor and she's like, what's this about you being pregnant? And so I'm like, yeah, I don't know. So, you know, I peed in the cup and she said, well, you know, I'll, I'll call you in the morning, but your portal results will upload, you know, whenever the test comes out. So I stay up like all night, not all night, it was until like 10, refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. Finally, the results are there and it's just like progesterone numbers and we don't know what, what those mean. And so I'm like on the internet, like what progesterone numbers mean you're pregnant? And 
it was like some low number and mine was some high number. And I was like, oh, okay. I remember we got to dinner that night and Devin already knew. And I walked in and you two were already sitting there and you were like, so I have some news. And I was like, oh no <laughs> and you were like I'm pregnant and oh I said God. I think I even said like you're pregnant aren't you yeah you're like, yeah I'm pregnant and I was like I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah pretty pretty much everyone who knows me was like oh no <laughs> like the first four years of our friendship you were pregnant yes yeah. I know I we were so excited for you to not be and I mean of course now you have three children and they're beautiful and healthy and all of that and now we're happy yeah you're not I, yeah I was <laughs> It was really, it was extremely difficult having a baby right after having a baby. I don't recommend it. So now Russell has a vasectomy, so no more babies in the larvae in health. I know. Sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes oh. I wonder if it's going to fail. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Are you still my mom talks about the same thing too. She goes, she goes, vasectomies fail. And sometimes you can get your period and so you're pregnant. All right, so let's move into talking about sex now that we're very past baby life and, you know, our children, even, you know, even Blair is a year. So uh, we're post, all of us are post one year, at least of the baby world. Um, What's better now than what it was pre-baby? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) honest no so I will say like there's not as much pressure like like pre-baby it's like am I like do I look good like you know like you're like ooh, oh yeah that's... I, am I na- making like a nice face like is my chin not weird am I sucking my stomach in like all that stuff like now all that space is filled with like did I pack their lunches tomorrow like <laughs> but it used to all be very self-critical like, you don't carry any of that because I will say like when I feel crappy about myself, whether that's just a mood or because I'm bloated or what that definitely impacts the type of sex I'm having even now. Now I wouldn't say it's not as, uh, real time. So like in the moment, if I'm on top, I'm not thinking about the same thing I would have been thinking about at 22. Like, am I making the right face? What angle is that? But I definitely carry a body image perception where that energy carries over. No, I I definitely have the body image stuff. I think it's more of what you mentioned of like, I don't have the in the act, like stop action in my mind of like, am I making a good, like, yeah, (laughs) the sexy pose. (laughs) Am I making a good sexy pose? What about what's worse than pre-baby about your sex life? spontaneous is is few and far between yeah um mine is because my kids are still so young um it's the overly touch like I don't mind having sex at all but I do not want his hands on my body mm-hmm. I am touched by hands all, all day yeah that's a thing that yeah. is a thing that has been articulated in like studies mm-hmm. of like the stat that relates to that is 67% of women are saying that having just one hour of time to themselves that wasn't filled with work or family duties slash being touched by somebody else. Um, that like the fact that that's only one hour of the whole day. So of course you're like, 
if you could choose to not be touched or be touched, you're like, keep your hands off of me. Right. So it's like, if that's my only hour to myself and now you want to have sex (laughs) with me and put your hands all over my body. Okay. So here's like the age old question. How often do you have sex right now in this moment of time? Like once a week. Yeah. Probably twice a week. Russell could have sex every single day. I could have (laughs) sex like twice a month. (laughs) So twice a week, I think is where we uh, net out. I would ideally have sex every morning at like 625. (laughs) All right. (laughs) When do your kids wake up? Seven? Yeah. So how satisfied are you in your sex life right now? Would you say extremely satisfied, satisfied, dissatisfied, or extremely dissatisfied? I would say satisfied. Like, I would say okay. satisfied too. I'd give it like a an eight. And it's funny because it has nothing to do with Russell. Like it is sure. all me. Sure. Like yeah. I have no tips for him. Right. <laughs> right. No, it's not like he needs to do X better. No. And, and you know what I will say, actually, I'm going to take, I'm going to also add on to the question you added, asked earlier about what is better now. Mm-hmm. What is better now is I have no asks of him. We're like, I remember pre-baby where it was like, oh, I wish like he would like do more of this or do, mm-hmm. you know, like there was always like things that you felt like were missing. Like, ooh, this would, it would be better if he did it this way or like, but now, and it's probably because it's like, I so don't want to do it that like when I do it, it's nice. And I'm like, oh, that was actually nice. And like, <laughs> it's, it's good. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't, I definitely don't have any of those asks now the same way that I would pre-baby of like, let's try this. But I think that's more laziness on my part of, I don't have time to think about any of that. <laughs> so even if there was something I thought was cool, I wouldn't remember and I wouldn't think about it Something because I got nothing left up there cool. that you save on Instagram and yeah like that. oh that seems fun <laughs> we should try do that, that. We try that yeah no I don't I don't have that at all well, I would say what's better now though is John and I are way better at talking about it mm. from like a non it, it's not as like weird for us to go all right we're gonna do it after our date night this weekend and like put it on a calendar in our head it's not taboo anymore for us like it doesn't make doesn't take it the fun out it doesn't take the what you would call romance out for us because we're parents and that's just how fucking goes like yeah Yeah, no I mean I prefer to know I prefer to even if it's just in my head of like okay I know he's going to ask me because he asks me <laughs> almost every night. So if I can get my mind right, then I can say yes. And then he'll, he always goes, oh. <laughs> it's his foreplay. It's, it's that pleasant Courtney surprise. <laughs> Courtney surprise. Oh man. And I never thought like, is it, is it bad? Is it worse that I wear sexy pajamas every night? And then yes, don't it is. Like, no, it but is I worse, Courtney. Oh, I didn't think because about you it basically tease him every night. You were sexy. <laughs> you got me game. pregnant last time. I wore these leopard pajamas, That's and now you can't game. have it. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> well, you guys are right on 
point with what the research is showing is that 45% of moms are having sex at least once per week and 87% of those moms report being satisfied or extremely satisfied. So I think they were normal. And that's actually pretty, pretty refreshing to hear, you know? Um, And then on the flip side, 77% of moms who have sex less than once per month report being dissatisfied or extremely dissatisfied. So, you know, I like, I don't, put myself into that equation because I don't have a full-time partner and that's, you know, like I'm choosing, but I think that that just shows that having sex regularly, whatever that looks like for you is an important part of your relationship. You know, I think my, my personal opinion is that your physical connection with your partner is a very large percentage of your connection. So. And as moms, it's hard to go, I'm going to, put my kids quote unquote needs aside and not let them dictate everything in my, you know, that's 6 PM to 9 PM hours. Right. Because I need to prioritize the partnership I have in the intimacy we have there. Mm -hmm. That's really hard to do as a mother. And it takes a lot of practice and a lot of friends that remind you to do it. Well, there is hope ladies so I'm much closer to this than you are but age has a part in the frequency of sex which has nothing to do with the parents ages it has to do with the children's ages Mm. so mothers of preschool age children which you both are um, report having the least amount of sex with the lowest satisfaction and that those feelings improve as does frequency once the kids are beyond school age so millennial and Gen Z moms with middle school age kids are in the, what they call the sweet spot when it comes to sex frequency. Like in all honesty, looking at where Sage is at in her development, like she's just entering into that at nine, she's independent and developing her own sense of self. And I am not as needed as much. So yeah, there's a little bit of freedom there that comes with like my, uh, my own so brain many space. years. What the studies show, though, is that when you when kids reach high school, there's a different level of demand from kids. So there's like that in between. It's probably like ten to fourteen that you have that yeah, window before you have to take them to sports and crap every day. Right, and and I think kids like in high school have the different level of demands with like what is their future, and then you're having to like you know think through that for them and with them yeah, and. True you're scared of shit and it costs a lot of money. Chip, I think what's really important for especially moms, new moms to reframe in their head. And I think this would have been helpful. I know it would have been helpful for me too. And I've started doing this lately and it's helped a lot is instead of saying to yourself, I need to work on this for my relationship. I need to have sex with my partner for my relationship. It's like, no, you need to have sex for you. Yeah. Like, having sex is an important emotional part of us as a human individual yeah so it's not like oh I need to do this because my partner needs to have sex it's like no you need to have sex and so you need to prioritize you so like it's added to that long list of random self-care stuff that we have to add on this where it's like if I'm going to prioritize taking a bath I need to also prioritize having sex Elle Woods did say exercise or sex releases endorphins and endorphins make you happy happy people don't kill their husbands so like all of this comes full circle when we think about it you know it all benefits so much of what 
advice out there for how to improve your sex life and how to have more connection is this uh, concept of intimacy. And the advice that you read online is, um, you know, intimacy is a key to a healthy sex life in a parent in a partnership. And the recommendation sounds something like give each other body massages and take a hot shower together. Do Absolutely yoga, not. take five minutes to hug each other and do some partner deep breathing or talking in a calm. Who's got this kind of time? And so that's what I'm saying. Like who actually has time for that shit? So the two of you, this all just sounds like somebody who doesn't understand truly what foreplay means to women trying to like answer that question. So for you two who are in partnerships, what does like creating intimacy actually look like for real human women? (laughs) So I will like foreplay myself in my mind if I know I'm going to have sex. So like, say I'm, you know, this time of night, laying up in bed, I'm thinking, okay, when he asks me to then I'm going to say yes. So I, I know I'm going to do the things to help me feel like good about that. Like I have the little like tingly gel from um, pure mm-hmm. romance. I highly recommend that stuff. So I'll put the tingly gel on um, maybe like in the minutes before we're having sex, I might um have like a fantasy in my mind or like replay the memory of like a porno that I found you know like I I will I will foreplay myself because at the end of the day I feel like I can only count on me right so it's like if I can get myself in a good place and maybe that's why I feel like the quality of sex is high because I foreplayed myself. So I already know that I'm feeling good and ready. I'm pro all those things that you just said. I don't actually put those in the intimacy bucket at all. So like intimacy for me and, and for me and John comes in, in terms of the sort of dynamic we have consistently, not even just that day. It has to be within a at minimum a few days, if not consistently, you know, over the month, right. Of, you know, the right balance of partnership. So like, is he helping with like the mental stuff going on with Lucy? Does he help when I feel like the house is in a disarray without me having to like mother him? Because those are the things that weigh on me in a way that like, I, I am a Leo. I will hold the grudges. I will keep the list. And until my therapist can really help me figure out the best way not to do that, it's just a pattern that I have to work on. Right. So, and I know that. So if I'm recognizing that and doing the work to not do that, and he's recognizing that he also has to contribute to some of those really at the end of the day, it's decision-making, right? I don't want to make all the decisions for every single thing all the time. And then have to make the decision to have sex and do that. Mm -hmm. So if to create an intimate space, there needs to be a feeling of balance. So maybe where that article was saying like that deep breathing, like 
space, that's that energy balance that I also need. I am just not going to do that by sitting on the floor and yoga breathing with John. I, that has to be done without me telling him to do it in a way that I go, Oh, I am supported. This is a team. We are doing this together you could vacuum naked and that would be so great. <laughs> that would be good enough. I do really appreciate, and this is, I think, part of that intimacy through line, through the relationship, even when it's not like I'm trying to have sex with you right now. But Russell does always make me feel like he is still so attracted to me. And mm-hmm. after you have babies, mm-hmm. it's nice to hear someone say that and it feel really genuine. And for, for him to do that regularly, it definitely is something that I can draw upon when it's time to have sex where it's like, he is asking me this so often because he really does still find me so attractive. And that helps. That actually leads me to part of my wrap up is if you could tell your partner one thing you want them to do to make sex or intimacy better, what would it be? Hmm. I do think it's the, so I, I think the intimacy and sex are two different things. Cause like when I think about sex, it's like instructions on the act, but the intimacy part is definitely um, anticipating more of the mental load. So I don't have to go to bed at night with so much. And I'm more unencumbered to be like, yes, I can have sex with you because I am not stressed about a thousand things. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's always going to be helpful. I would say, you know, trying to recreate those spontaneous moments, even if they're no longer quote unquote spontaneous. So pre-planning the date enough out where you took into account the mental load that goes with that. Right. So if you just say, Hey, I'm Friday, we're going on a date, but you didn't secure a babysitter or like plan how she was getting home from school, then all that work is on me. Do you, do you each miss your pre-baby sex life? Sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Like I've just accepted that it's just not a thing anymore. Like there is no going back. Like, yeah, my life is not that anymore. It will never be no kid. Right. I will never not have a baby. I'll never not be a mother. So there is no point in me Mm -hmm. sitting anymore in that space Yeah, and reminiscing about you know, my wedding body or my pre-baby sex life or, you know, when I had less bills. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I, I wallowed in that for years, Mm -hmm. years of just like feeling so dejected around the things about pre-baby that were either sexual in nature or even like physical appearance which is you know pseudo related to sexual in nature so yeah that's an interesting segue into where the conversation for me comes into play because being being with the partner that you made the children with there's a different comfortableness with your body and your sexual being that when you're stepping into the world of interacting with people that that is not the case um uh that's an exploration for me I bet what does because it's like with the person you've been with before babies you at least have the memory of like 
Well, they knew what I was <laughs> yeah, like before. Exactly. Yeah. And I so, might not. And I can blame them for before, making this. Yeah, you made me this way. Yeah. And for, for me, it's like, I, it's by no means do I think that I am like a hideous creature, but like, I know what pre me was like. And so. But um, you're also older, wiser, and probably way more secure. So yes. it will be interesting when yes. you, when you start battling, I would say the same demons you battled when you were a teenager into sure. your 20s. The and level of acceptance the, there is going to the be. The one thing that I think at least the three of us have, and I do hope that like more moms kind of come into this um, self-confidence is uh, even if like you, Kelly, getting back out there and potentially having relationships with people who didn't necessarily know what, who you were pre-baby, we have this confidence now where it's like, I'm me, I'm awesome. Yeah. You're either, you know. If you don't like it, that's your problem. Exactly. Really. Right. And it's not like men are perfect. Complicated creatures. That like, no. right. Like, I don't know. We're all, the ones it, overthinking it. And 100%. I think it's kind of laughable 100%. to think back, like, especially now it's like, we all know now how men just want to have sex with you right yeah. and so normally we end our podcast with what makes your vagina hurt the most about this topic but I don't I don't know if that's an appropriate way to end this one I think that the but I do think the one thing we can all agree on is tingly lube makes, is the best well no <laughs> yes but what makes our vagina hurt the most is sex right at six weeks postpartum <laughs> so don't do 100%. it 100% don't do it and don't let anyone convince you that don't you let should. anybody convince you otherwise all right well thanks ladies for your raw feedback on all of the questions that I posed today all right Bye. thanks ladies. Right, ladies see ya thanks for joining us for another episode of my vagina hurts as always you can follow us on Instagram at MVH the pod and on TikTok at my vagina hurts. You can also email us at hello at my vagina hurts.com. Do you have a cringeworthy vagina story? We want to hear it. So submit your story to us at my vagina hurts.com and click the button in the top right to submit your story. We will share it on a future episode. Thanks for joining us. Don't want no short dick, man.